You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite celebrities and reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 93. I'm your host, Reality Steve. This is the Reality Steve podcast. Appreciate you all listening and tuning in. Got a great show for you today. First off, want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Pier One. They help you celebrate your unique style with amazing savings. Home is one place on earth that's all your own, and Pier One wants you to fill it with items that say, this is me. If you're anything like me, you always wanted to upgrade Update your home and give it a new look without breaking the bank. It's exactly what you can do with Pier 1 Picks, where you can get everyday favorites for great prices like two for $20 three-wick candles, buy one, get one 50% off pillows, and more. Weave together one-of-a-kind finds from Pier 1 Picks and turn those four walls into a slice of you. Check out the new Pier 1 by visiting Pier1.com. That's Pier, the number one, dot com, P-I-E-R, number one, dot com. Now for exclusive offers or visit your local Pier 1 for even more great savings. Got a good show for you today. A little trip down memory lane. We're going back to Juan Pablo's season. We've had three girls already on from Juan Pablo's season. Claire, Charlene, and Kelly. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody else. If I am, I apologize. But we got a good one for you today. Before we get to that, you know the drill. A few things to get to. Number one. Nell Coulter's Floor Bama Shore recaps up every Tuesday, and now her Are You the One recaps season seven are up every Thursday. I post it right before I usually post the podcast, so you'll get those on the same day. Also, if you want to be a part of the He Said, She Said podcast with myself and Ashley Spivey, next one's coming out on Tuesday, September 4th. Have a Skype account. Email myself or Ashley. Let us know your issue. Let us know the time zone you're in and what the best times for you are to record. Because I'm in the central time zone. Ashley is in eastern, so sometimes coordinating it, especially if someone is in the Pacific or mountain time zone, can get a little tricky. But we've made it work, and I hope you enjoyed the first four podcasts. They've been a lot of fun. This past Tuesday, this last Tuesday's episode four was just still... <laughs> You know, we think about it, and it's it's just a crazy, crazy coincidence and a, and just horrible luck that Sarah from Washington had. So there's that. And also, please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It's always appreciated. If you want to unsubscribe every week and then resubscribe, that certainly helps the podcast as well, believe it or not. Anyway, let's get to the podcast. Let's get right to it. Podcast number 93. Hope you like it. Okay, let's welcome in our guest. You remember her from Juan Pablo's season of The Bachelor. Gosh, Juan Pablo, what a name from the past. It's been so long. Uh, it's Cat Hurd. Cat, how are you? I'm good, Steve. Please don't say his name. It kind of just <laughs> gives you the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> what? I'm already, like, I, I could sit here and do the math in my head, but what year is this that we're talking about? 2014 Third? is when this went on? Yeah, it aired in 2014. Yeah, Gotcha. You filmed September to November of, of 2013. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. So let's start at the beginning with you. And I kind of ask this to everybody, but were you a fan of the show before you applied to do it? And what kind, what if you were, what level are we talking about? Someone that casually watched or somebody that knew everything about every season? 
You know, it's so weird. I, I wasn't a fan at all. And, um, you know, I started watching because one of my exes was good friends with, oh my gosh, um, a guy that was on Desiree's season. And I knew he got kicked off and I knew he got kicked off because of very dramatic, like he had met Desiree because he dated her roommate and didn't remember Desiree. So I watched because oh, I wanted to see okay. that unfold. Yeah. It was, um, gosh, what's, I can't I remember, remember the storyline of that. Oh, it was, yes. uh, oh God, I'm totally, it was Robert Graham, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Robert. Bobby. Yep. So, um, so I watched because I knew he had been on it. We had, you know, I'd been dating his friend while he was going through filming. And, um, so then the first episode airs and I see, um, Drew Kenny, who I knew also from Arizona, step out of the limo and I didn't even know that he was doing it. And so, um, I started texting with him and, you know, had some girlfriends that were like, oh my gosh, you should totally do the bachelor. And so I went to a casting call in Phoenix with like no expectation, kind of just like it, I did it like in jest and, um, all of a sudden like found myself on the show six months later. So it was pretty wild. Well, a cat, you actually got cast through a casting call. That doesn't really happen anymore. It's basically word of mouth and friends of former contestants. They get cast on the show. So you actually went to a, like an open casting call in Phoenix, did the whole thing, waited in line and actually got cast through that. Huh? I sure did. Yeah. It was wild. You know, like you go in and you sit and it's, some phenomenal people watching. And then as I was leaving, one of the casting producers was like walking down the hallway and she stopped me and like introduced me to the casting director. And then I did this longer interview and that's when they gave me all the background check information. And so it was a pretty uh, unique experience and definitely not what I was expecting. Although it's not like you really go into that thing with any expectations because you've never done it before. So you can't really know what to expect. Well, when you heard it was Juan Pablo, at what point in the process was that? Had you already been accepted as a contestant or they announced him and then you got your, okay, you've gotten your yes? Um, They actually told me in the casting weekend, so that in-person casting weekend they do where they lock you in the hotel and kind of put you through the paces. Yeah. Um, In my interview with the entire production team, that's when they told me. So, and I hadn't watched the season enough to really know about him. I mean, full transparency, I was hoping it was going to be Drew because I always had a crush on him when I was friends with him in Phoenix. But, um, so yeah, it was, um, but they hadn't announced Juan Pablo publicly yet. No, they they hadn't. They, they told us. Mm -hmm. All right. So when you heard it was him, I guess because you didn't watch Desiree's season, you didn't really know much about him. Because I was going to ask you, well, what stopped you at that point from running for the hills after you pulling, I'm pulling the plug? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, but okay. So you didn't watch it, so you didn't know any better. Uh, no, I didn't know you. any better. And I thought, like, gosh, you know, I love Latin culture, and you know, maybe he's like fun and energetic and you know, he had a daughter so I was like he's got to be somewhat serious and boy was I wrong <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into Juan Pablo as we as we get going once we get oh, started <laughs> on talking about the season and your thoughts on him and whatnot but one thing that was happening to you during that whole casting process and right around the time that you got accepted to be on The Bachelor was you had auditioned uh, to be a Phoenix Suns dancer, and right around the time mm-hmm. you got accepted on this show, you got accepted uh, as a Suns dancer. So I you did. had a decision to make of, do I go on The Bachelor or 
do I say no and I start my career as a Phoenix Suns dancer? We obviously know the choice that you made, but tell us what went into making that decision. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. Um, You know, I've been dancing since I was probably like old enough to walk and that was um, something that was really exciting for me and I totally thought that was the way I was going to go and um, you know I looked at it and was like gosh like this is something I've grown up doing or something you know like The Bachelor because I wasn't a fan and I didn't watch it and I was like I totally have to like derail my professional life for it you know because at this time I'm still actually I'm still with the same company now but was still working in medical device sales so um, I called Lacey, the casting producer, and you know, just told her, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, this has been a childhood dream. Like, I, you know, I actually get to be an NBA dancer at 29 when the youngest girl on the team was 18. So, um, wow. you know, I was like, uh, it was just a total like struck of, um, a stroke of, you know, lightning that I was actually even made, uh, made on the team. So, um, yeah, but I called Lacey and, you know, she said, we understand and think about it. And, and then that's when kind of more of the calls came and, you know, I, I talked to Fleiss and, you know, they, um, were sending me like long stem roses and, you know, really making that connection and, and making it apparent, like the opportunity that they felt I had on the show. Um, wow. Okay. Wait, 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 wait a second now. So you were being courted by the show and they were sending you flowers like they mm-hmm. wanted you that bad to come on Juan Pablo season and you spoke with Fleiss? What did he tell you? I did. Um he just said, you know, that they thought I had a great opportunity on the show and that um they they really wanted to make sure I made the right decision. I don't remember entirely. I just remember that you know like a that the conversation occurred and then um you know when you're get living in a small apartment in Scottsdale and you come home and there's a huge delivery of long stem roses. That's kind of impressionable. Um, but wow, they yeah, were I mean, really it was wild. You there. I mean, yeah. And, and it was crazy because I wasn't a fan of the show because it wasn't something that like for me was, um, a, a really exciting opportunity. You know, it, it was just something that kind of like fell in my lap. Like I went through the process really smoothly and, you know, like it just wasn't something where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. This is going to change my life. I didn't realize. I, You know, now that you say that, you wonder how many other women have they done this for? Like how many have they wooed to try and get on the show? Because I haven't really heard that much. Now, granted, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's been plenty of female contestants on this show in, you know, 23 or 22 Bachelor seasons that have been cast already. And, you know, mm-hmm. 25 to 30 women a season, that's... That's a lot of women. I'm I'm so curious now of how many they were going after hard like you, like literally sending flowers to your house trying to get you to say yes. That's Yeah, it was interesting, you know, and and Have you, you ever know, spoken to I, any other girl in the franchise that you've heard they did that too? Like um, your season or anything like that? You know, I think that um Kelly, our everyone's favorite dog lover, um, you yeah. know, I think that she worked really closely with one of the producers or or talked really closely with them and that they were encouraging her not to back out. Cause I think everyone at some point, you know, they connect you with the, someone from the production team as soon as you accept. So you have um, a point of contact that kind of helps you through it. It's, it's almost like sorority recruitment where you get a big sister and, and they, um, 
they guide you through the process yeah. to make sure you stay. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it was, you know, and it was interesting conversations too, like, cause I didn't want to leave the sons. That's what I was most concerned about. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you know, you could always do the Lakers after and what about dancing with the stars? And, you know, it was just like, you get this conversation, you kind of get this, this ball rolling and ultimately like, um, you know, probably much to their dismay, it wasn't the roses that did it. Um, it actually ended up being the best choice for me for my prof- professional career. So um, I went with it, but yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Well, you mentioned that, and you mentioned Kelly. When I had Kelly on the podcast, I think you just triggered something. I I, I think she did mention something along the lines of like. I was very on the fence about doing this and they were very persuasive. I don't remember the specifics that she gave cause I, she was on the podcast over a year ago. Um, but mm-hmm. I do remember her saying that she definitely was actually leaning more towards no. And she made an overnight decision and was on a plane the next day. Like it was just, okay, I'm going to do it. And same. Yeah. I think that, you know, that, that piece happens where they have girls that back out, like does flights call a lot of them? I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, do they tell a lot of them like, well, you could be on dancing with the stars. Um, that seems like, it's some, that seems like something, I don't know. That seems like something they would use to get people because yeah, you hear that you know, and you're like, Oh, you could oh, be wow. the next bachelorette. You could be, you know, like all of these oh, yeah. things. And of course you're like, well, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so that brings a big that kind of brings a big what if even though you kind of already answered it. I mean just just look back on 2013. If you don't go on the bachelor and you decide I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stick with the sons. Mm-hmm. H- how different are things for you now? Do you think they're better? They're worse? Same like Gosh, I don't think you can even really say better or worse. Yeah, um, it's kind of hard. It's just so different, right? Uh what I what I will say is I don't regret it. I wouldn't like do it a second time, but I'm really glad that I did it. And you know what it gave me, like I came home and used it as a platform for charity work. And so in the last four years I've raised almost a hundred and gosh, I think now I'm up to close to $170,000 for um, breast cancer research and then the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And so being able to do that has been really awesome and has been a passion project that I didn't even know was something I was excited about doing. And it kind of said, you know, definitely stemmed from the show. And then my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and leukemia right before I left for the show. So it was, it was even something that was kind of woven into that experience. Yeah, no, that was certainly, obviously you you took your advantage on this show and made a positive out of it as opposed to now granted Instagram shilling wasn't really a thing back then. So you didn't it turn it into yeah. teeth. Whitener. I don't sell flat tummy tea. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Which I also, I love um, Ashley and I might be saying her last wrong name wrong, but um, Spivey or Spivey. Spivey. Yeah. Spivey. Yeah. So she is my, I've never met her in person, my favorite bachelor alum. And she posted something last weekend about, um, like her, her lack of sponsorships and just like, you know, kind of like ingest. And I love it. I think that, um, you know, certainly now that's probably the draw for a lot of girls is to be Instagram famous and, you know, yeah. make their, their living that way. But, um, it, you know, I've made it a bigger impact and I'm totally cool with that. I don't, I don't need the sugar bear gummies <laughs> check. Well, you know, what's funny. I was having this conversation actually last night with somebody and, when people talk about the contestants on the show now shilling on Instagram, it's always like, oh, they just want to sell flat tummy tea or sugar bear hair or whatever. If you kind of look at it now, I think because so many people make fun of that, 
I can't remember the last time. I mean, it's. I think those two are kind of going the way of people know to stay away from those because they know they're going to get made fun of. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. The flat tummy tea, like we, we joke about it all the time. And that's the first thing out of people's mouths when they talk about Instagram shilling, flat tummy tea and, uh, and sugar bear hair. But I can't remember the last time I saw one. Uh, yeah. Online. Now I that you pe- say that, I, yeah, people don't do it anymore because they, and I think they do it. They don't do it because they know, Oh my God. Like I'm, this is just, yeah. I'm falling into this trap of the typical bachelor contestant. I mean, they do other stuff, whether it's diff eyewear seems to be the big thing now. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, HelloFresh will always be there. Food will always be a thing that they that they can pimp, and I and I'm fine with those. And yeah, it's just funny because I was talking about it. And I was like, no, I don't. It's funny we we joke about it, but I haven't seen anyone do flat tummy tea or sugar bear hair in probably a year. Well, <laughs> I will I'm say though, it. yeah, Ashley posted on her Instagram story yesterday that she had gotten an email from the flat tummy tea people. <laughs> yeah. I love. <laughs> so they're they're still trying. I love how they think. Flat tummy, a, a tea will give you a flat tummy. Like I know. How about, I've tried a lot of things, and that yeah. definitely won't work. <laughs> how, about, how about moving around and working out? That That's usually your best bet. Okay, let's get to the yeah. first night with the limo entrance. Yeah. Do you remember who was in your limo? Some people do, some people yeah. don't. Um, it was – Nikki was in there. Um, she's the one I remember for sure. Maybe Kelly – Crap, now I can't remember. Christy Hansen was in there. Okay. Um Yeah, gosh. I'd have to like really rack my brain. But I know Nikki and I were in the same limo. Okay. And I don't remember what you did for your entrance. Sorry. What'd you do? I no. Gosh, Steve, how could you? <laughs> um I asked him to teach me how to salsa dance, which was kind of showboating because I mean that's I already right. technically had salsa dance before, but, um, cause they, you know, they, when you're in the hotel before the show, they're like, you have to think of your entrance. And I was like, why can't my entrance just be like, I walk up and I'm like, hi, I'm Kat. Um, so that was what we settled on. And, um, yeah, I was actually the first one out of the limo and in the house. Well, now that you mention it, now I totally remember the fact that you did the salsa dance out of the, mm-hmm. okay. I remember yeah. that. Now, once you were in the mansion and the cocktail mm-hmm. party had started who stuck out to you on the first night and was it anybody that you when you're looking around the room obviously you're surveying the room and seeing like a who do I think I could be friends with and b who's looks like competition on the show what were your like who did you bond with and who did you think was a front runner right away yeah you know I definitely was drawn to Charlene I think she's phenomenal I mean we became very good friends on the show. Um, I spent a lot of time that night with like Kelly and Andy, I, um, Christy, cause we were in the same limo unless I just totally made that up and we're going to just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then even, um, you know, I think like who was going to be competition, like Nikki and I never, we were like oil and water. Um, we just have different personalities and different like communication styles. So, um, I didn't. That's so funny because like I just went into it as an experience and I like am very comfortable in large groups of women because I worked for a sorority and like have lived in many houses full of 50 plus women. It didn't bother me. And so I didn't really look at anyone as as, like competition. Um, The only thing I was like 
kind of upset about is I wore a very fancy Hervé Leger red dress and Cassandra also wore an Hervé Leger. And I was like, there's no, there's gonna be no one else wearing this like designer. And there was, so that was my, my downfall for the night. She didn't have the same exact dress. She just had the same designer. No, just the same designer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize that. Then again, yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, I, I would think with 25 to 30 women appearing the first night, Every season, there's got to be a double up of designers. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wasn't the only one in a red dress. There were like quite a few. Kelly wore red. Um, and I think like one of the other Laurens, I can't remember, maybe Lauren B wore red. Um, yeah. So it was interesting. It was just like people, you know, you get in. And I think what made me way more comfortable in the production team, even like they, well, at least what they told me was they did this intentionally. It's way easier being the first one in the house. Cause I was the one who was like, it's almost like a, you know, the first like dog on the playground, like you get to like stake your claim, yeah. um, which that sounds funny. It's not like I was like marking the corners. I want to make that very clear. Yeah. Um, but you know, because I was already in there when everyone was coming in. So I didn't feel like I was walking into a lion's den, which I think helped. And they didn't show you first out of the limo or did they? When it was no, they showed. didn't. Okay. Mm-mm. No. I just that night walked in first. Well, one thing that was brought up on my last podcast that I did that I needed to start, I probably should have started this a long time ago when I had women on the podcast was because I know female listeners of the show are interested and I get it a lot when people ask me questions about the filming of the show and how it works and all this stuff is the dresses in the fact that you have to, when you are cast for the show, you have to pack like you're getting to the end. So you have to pack Mm -hmm. essentially 11. Nobody wears the same dress twice (laughs) at a cocktail party. So you had to have had 11 dresses on you. How did you go about getting your dresses in terms of, did you borrow? Did you buy? Were there sponsorships? How did your dress thing go? No sponsorships. um, Because like, you know, even though it was only four years ago, that was a different time. And, you know, people weren't looking to do stuff like that. So, um, and I was kind of in, in Kelly's camp where it was like a very last minute thing where I was like, okay, I guess I'm really doing this. Like, I think I bought my night one dress the night before I left. Um, Mm. and like the other stuff, it was like pulling like clothes from girlfriends and shopping. And I probably, I spent a crazy amount and like looking back on it, you know, just, um, to, because you know, I was in medical sales. So my days consisted of scrubs and gym shoes, which is not what you're wearing on the bachelor. So, um, yeah. And I way overpacked. They tell you two suitcases and I brought like three and a carry on. Um, and it was funny. I mean, actually I think I even brought more than that, but they only let you travel internationally with two. So they do like stick to that rule. And then, you know, from a dress perspective, like the night I got sent home, I actually wasn't even wearing my own dress. It was um, Charlene's dress. So like, yeah, you definitely, and I had loaned out a couple, like, I think Andy that night had been like wearing my jacket. Or no, it was Charlene that wore my jacket and, or Charlene wore a blazer of mine. Andy was wearing a jacket. You know, it was like, once you got down to a smaller group and you you were friends. And for me, it wasn't like I was competing with him for Juan Pablo's affection. I mean, it was pretty clear. (laughs) He and I didn't really have a connection. And so um, it was more just like vacation with the girls. I want to take a break real quick, talk to you about True Botanicals. Most skincare products on the shelf involve some sort of trade-off. Either they're loaded with harmful chemicals but work well, or they manage to have clean ingredients but do absolutely nothing for your skin. True Botanicals believes you shouldn't have to choose between skincare that's safe and skincare that's effective. 
You deserve both. With the help of leading researchers from top universities, True Botanicals bottles the highest quality natural ingredients, creating luxurious formulas that are as potent as they are pure. Third-party clinical trials verify the product's efficacy. Their Renew Collection for aging skin outperformed Creme de la Mer, and their Clear Collection for acne outperformed Proactive. That's proof that non-toxic skincare can not only be as effective as conventional skincare, but it can be better. And True Botanicals is the first skincare company to have its entire line certified safe for people and the planet by the nonprofit Made Safe, America's first non-toxic seal. Go to TrueBotanicals.com now to get free samples and receive $20 off your first order of $40 or more with the code REALITY. Remember, the offer is restricted to your first purchase only. Now, let's get back to Cat Herd uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. All right, let's talk about the dates. So, the dates start, and I don't know if a lot of people remember this. I certainly did. But so, Claire got the first date of the season, the first one on one of the season. She had that fake winter wonderland thing where they created yeah. winter in Malibu in September. Uh, but you. In the first episode, that was kind of back when, they, and they did this for a while. The first episode was two one-on-ones and a group date. Now, mm-hmm. they've kind of changed it around. They've done two group dates and one one-on-one in the first episode of the season where dates begin because they just want more people to have dates. Mm-hmm. So you and Claire had one-on-ones. Claire had the first one, and then there was a group date. Can't remember what it was. But then you went, you got to take a private jet to, it was Utah, right? Yes. And you Very got to do a location. yeah and you did and you got to do a color run with him. And I remember this being spoiled in real time because people were there, they all had cameras and whatever. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it was not a secret. But I mean that's a pretty big deal. And I remember thinking, okay, Kat's going to go far because this is a pretty I don't want to say intimate date because it wasn't really <laughs> intimate, I guess, except for the um the flight there. I mean, getting a private jet with somebody, but you got to fly on a private jet to Utah. You go on this color. Is that the name of it? The color run? Yeah. The electric run. Oh, electric it's all run. like led glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was, okay. I was mixing it up with those, with the powder, those, yeah. those runs with the powder. Okay. So you had the electric run. Tell us for those that just watched it on TV, how he was, cause that was probably your first close interaction with Juan Pablo yep. outside of, you know, whatever you talked about at the cocktail party on the first night, how was he on the plane there? Like, how was it? Because you're just meeting this person and you're on a private jet with them. Yeah. How it was, was it? I mean, certainly from an experience standpoint, like one of the coolest things I've done, like very, I don't know that I'll ever have a time in my life again where I hop on a private plane and I have no idea where the plane's going. Like that, that is a unique experience. Um, but what they didn't show is we actually had another part of our date before the run. And um, oh. so he picks me up. His He had a Tesla. That was like his car of the season. And my card was like, can you feel the electricity? That was my clue. Mm-hmm. So he picks me up in the car. I'm like, maybe it's just the Tesla is an electric car. So, but we go to some, and I have no idea where it was. I can take you back there if um, my life depended on it, but to some botanical garden and like wandered around the garden, talked a little. They had a picnic laid out for us. And it was just horrible. From a conversation standpoint, it was like pulling teeth. And then we're sitting on the on the picnic blanket, you know, and trying to be cute 
I like asked him to finish the salsa dance lesson. And, you know, so we like dance a few steps, sit back down and he looks at me and he goes, so what else do you want to know about Juan Pablo? (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. I was like, I think I just learned everything I need to know. (laughs) He referred to himself in the third person. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I think, I I mean, I don't want to go home right now because I'm going to be embarrassed, but, uh, (laughs) Wow. Okay. And yeah. then you get on a plane with him. How was he on the plane? I mean, it was fine, you know, like really light conversation and I had no idea where we were going. And, um, he's like, Oh, I've got, I've got a surprise for you. And so he goes and puts on his electric run outfit and, and brings me out my outfit. And I'm still, I actually thought we were going to Vegas because I'm like, okay, where would you go? This looks like we're going to a rave. Yeah. Um, and then I go put on my outfit and it's like this little running skirt with LED piping and like a short sleeve hoodie with piping and, you know, neon leg warmers, bright blue sneakers. And the sneakers should have been like, Hey girl, you're going running. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So when we land, they're like, where do you think we are? And I was like, Las Vegas. They're like, We're in Utah. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what are we doing in Utah <laughs> on the plane? Was there any sort of romance? Like, did he try and hold your hand? Did he try? Did was anything like that or no? No. You know, I think maybe when we were walking, he might have held my hand, like, or held my hand when we were at the botanical garden on the plane. Not really. I mean, even like, because obviously, I, I will say it was a really cool date. It's definitely like one of the worst dates because it's a surprise 5K. And they, we landed, they take, they separate you, of course, because you have to do your little ITMs and yeah. get ready and we're in the hotel room and they're like, you better eat. I'm like, okay. So I'm eating, you know, the food that they've ordered from room service. No one still told me at this point, like, Hey, maybe you don't want to eat a full meal. Cause you're going to have to go run, you know, almost three and a half miles. And they put you back in a car, drive me to a parking lot. And they're like, okay, Juan Pablo's over there. Go run to him. So I like trot over to him. He grabs my hand. We start running. I'm like, can't we just walk? And we turn the corner, but literally like I, I I'm still clueless at this point. I turn the corner and it's the starting line. And these people are just roaring. And I was like, holy shit, we're going to run. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I was doing the suns and I was having to run three miles three times a week. Well, yeah, that date kind of does suck now that I think about it. Like who wants, yeah. to, who wants to go running on a first date, <laughs> especially on <laughs> national TV? Yeah, great. Oh, oh like, shoot. <laughs> so then you got, I remember you got called up on stage, right? And he gave you a rose on yep, stage. Yeah, that's why I got the rose. Okay. Yep. And then... On the way back. And then we flew home. Yeah, and then we flew home. We, like, fell asleep on the floor of the plane. And, again, like, still no romance. And I'm not one to, like, make the first move on a first date. Yeah. Um, and so maybe I just, like, wasn't cut out for this show. Um, but, yeah, he didn't try anything. And then from there, we were just pals. Yeah, and so no good no good conversation. He didn't, he didn't drop us. So what did you think of Juan Pablo on that date? He didn't drop one of those yeah, on you? He didn't. He didn't, no. <laughs> That was a one-time, one-time only special. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, (laughs) I think after that, there was one other episode in L.A. You were on a group, and the next episode was a group date. Which one was it? I'm blanking. Sorry. Um, They had the soccer group date. And you were on that, right? No, I didn't go on that one. The group date I went on... Actually, I don't think I got to go on another date in LA because I had the one on one. Because you had a one on one, and they gave they you skipped me. Okay, mm-hmm. so you were one that didn't have a date in episode three. 
And then, I was, and yeah. then traveling began. Mm-hmm. And you guys had some really interesting, I mean, considering what we just came off with Becca's season where they went nowhere. I mean, nowhere super interesting. I haven't watched it. Where did they go? They went, uh, for Becca's season, they did, off the top of my head, I, I want to do it in order. I know the places they went to, but let me, um, hold on, I have, I have stuff written down in other places. Uh, so for Becca's season, they did three episodes in L.A. like you guys did. Then they went to Utah. They went to Park City. Okay. They went to Park City. Then they went to Vegas. Then they went to Virginia. And then they went to the Bahamas. And that was before hometown. So obviously oh, you guys oh, got okay. some serious international travel. Oh, yeah. That was the best part. Are you compared kidding? to Becca's like, season. great. Yeah. <laughs> First place you guys what? went to was South Korea. Yeah. And you were on the group date, which was one of my all-time classics <laughs> <laughs> with the K-pop and you got to sing with a K-pop group, you know, in the mall with the, what's the line? Negashe la gada. Oh, yeah. Negashe na nega. So you guys got to do that. That was kind of right up your alley because you're a dancer. It was very oh, yeah. upbeat. It was, and I remember watching the video when video got posted online that morning or whatever it was. can't remember how many hours you were ahead, but I woke up that morning to people telling me, hey, they're in South Korea, here's a group date, and you were so into that date compared to everybody else, especially Nick. Oh my gosh, I was too into it. <laughs> I was way too into it. The producers loved it because they could totally pit Nikki and I against each other. Oh yeah. Um, Nikki had yeah. some choice words for you when you guys were doing uh-huh. your rehearsal about Kat, the cheerleader, is loving all oh, this yeah. and, and whatever. Yeah. So did you, have an, did you have an issue with Nikki at that point or like... When you saw it play out on TV, were you surprised that she said all that? No, I knew. She was like, she's pretty transparent. Um, She's like, the one thing I really respect about Nikki is she's not going to like say one thing to your face or like act one way and then like talk more shit behind your back. Yeah. Um, She'll talk shit right to your face. So, (laughs) which I mean, like, hey, you do you. Like, we don't have to all like each other. Yeah. Um, And like, yeah, in hindsight, do I wish maybe I'd like toned it back a little bit? Yeah, but, um, and it wasn't like, you know, I got some flack because I am like high energy and like, that's kind of my, um, that's my wheelhouse. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Um, but you know, like you're not at Sunstancer's audition. So like, maybe you don't need to go full out. Um, yeah. learned that one. And, but, but yeah, it was a, it was an interesting date. But did you have, did did you have issue with Nikki up to that point? I mean, we never, if she did, if we did, we never saw it. I mean, I know that, you know, since that season, there has been stuff that has come out about her. I just, she just, you know, like you said, she was very uh, transparent about how she acted. And there were, mm-hmm. you know, people just considered her kind of the, not the villain of the show, but because it was never shown, but just kind of did her own thing. And she was very to herself and whatnot. She might've had a little click going, uh, the Mean Girls Club, apparently. That was happening For that sure. season. Uh, yeah. But up till South Korea, did she ever say anything to you? Yeah, yeah, she did. And I was in this weird, like, tra- like I was in between, like, the Nice Girls Club and the Mean Girls Club. And I was just, like, doing my own thing. And um, so, like, when we were in California, there were just, like, some snide remarks. And, you know, like, she would poke fun at me stuff where I was like, whatever, you know, we're very different. Like I'm not, 
like, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to be rude to someone. If I don't like you, I'm going to let you do your thing. And like, I'm going to stay away from you. So, um, we finally in South Korea, I finally like it. And I'm surprised they didn't film this and air this, but we like had it out and not in a like angry yelling way, but I finally like walked in. She was like in the bathroom getting ready. And I was like, Hey, can we talk about this? Like, I know you're talking shit about me. Like it, and it was after the date. It was like one of the days we were like locked in the house or in the hotel. Mm. And, um, I was like, I mean, if you have a problem with me, like, I know I'm a very different personality than you are, but like, let's just talk about it. And instead of talking shit all the time, you can focus on whatever else you want to focus on. And we were kind of okay after that. Um, I think she like, I mean, I wasn't a threat. I'm not going to go. She just backed off doing it. She just, yeah, no, there's no, there's no need for this anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next you guys went to Vietnam and I can't remember what the group date was in Vietnam. I believe, I I think that's where Nikki, Nikki and Andy had their first one-on-ones. So there was a group date. Was that the one where you guys went to somebody's house and had dinner or something like that? We did. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think it was Claire and Nikki that had one-on-ones because Nikki or Andy didn't have her first. Till till New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand. Okay. Because Andy and I, and the only reason I know Andy was on the group date is we, the first part of the group date is we rode down, I think it was like the Yangtze river Mm -hmm. or some river in these little, they look like rice bowls. Yeah. And there, and we had to like, it was a contest of like who got to the finish line first. And Andy and I were in a boat together and we were so bad. We could not (laughs) figure out how to move the boat forward. Like we're paddling in like circles and um, yeah. And then, and then we went to like the, um, they have like this community farm area. And so we like, picked the farm, you know, picked stuff for them to use to make the dinner. And then we had dinner in someone's house. That's right. So, now I remember the going down the river because I think the storyline was, oh, it's the Claire and Juan Pablo show because Claire got in the boat with him. Oh, I think with she got Juan to, Pablo. Yeah, I think she got to share the boat with him. And then apparently the date became all about Claire or whatnot. And I don't remember too much else that happened in Vietnam. So let's move on to New Zealand because that seemed to be a lot more fun. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand was the group date that you were on was the, what's it? Zorbing? Zerbing? Yes. Zorb. Zorbs. Zorb. Zorbs. Those were, were so cool. You were getting a giant plastic ball and just roll down a hill. Mm-hmm. And you also, I think the group date after party was at where they filmed the Hobbit or something or not the Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you guys get to visit yeah. that place. Yeah, but let me just tell you about a you know a little known fact in between the Zorbing and the um, like Hobbit Land, yeah. we got sheep poop thrown at us by Juan Pablo. Like we, what? so what happens is you Zorb, <laughs> yeah, you Zorb, and then they have hot tubs at the bottom where you can sit at the like very end of it if you're not going to go back up, and then. It was right by this like field. I mean, it was all on these hills, and so it's like sheepland because there's more sheep in New Zealand. There's like three to one sheep to people, or maybe even higher than that. And I don't know what possessed him, but he picks up sheep poop, like actual shit, and is like throwing it at people. What? It was it, it just like another thing where you're like, what is this dude's problem? Yeah. No so kidding. anyway, then we um, get cleaned up at a like. A New Zealand version of a Motel 6 and head to Hobbiton, 
um, which was really cool. I've never watched Lord of the Rings, and so I think it would have been even more wild of an experience to be there had I watched the films. But it was really cool um, to just... I mean, everything's like small scale and like the attention to detail in that place was really phenomenal. So yeah, we went there and then it was just a standard like cocktail party, you know, where everyone's in the um, living room area and then you're doing like little one-on-one conversations. And, you know, I think he took um, Charlene first for a time because that's, you know, usually what happened. He definitely had a strong connection with her. And then that was the night that he sent Cassandra home. On her birthday. Nonetheless, on her birthday, I know. Yeah, 20... another like really. This guy just—he did everything wrong. He's a basically, yeah. Um, <sighs> so when when you're in New Zealand, I I know that at that point you maybe you were surprised you were still around, but when the rose ceremony rolled around in New Zealand, did you think that you were at least getting through to the next episode, or were you pretty certain I'm going home? Oh no, I totally did, and so that I. This is every girl's demise. If you watch any of the bachelors, because all I did before I went on the show was watch a bunch of rose ceremonies so I could figure out like, okay, what do I wear? And like, what should I expect? And the girls that are super confident are always the ones who get sent home. Uh, (laughs) So, um, and I had two, I, you know, I I had two rules or two things I didn't want to have, like that I have happen on national TV. I didn't want to be like, sucking face with someone. So I was like really hesitant to be like making out on national TV, never kissed him. So check that didn't have Mm -hmm. to worry about it. And, um, I didn't want to get sent home in a minivan. You see all these girls from the rose series getting, you know, they get in a minivan. I'm like, gosh, it's like, you're getting embarrassed and like, you know, filleted on national television. And then you got to get in a minivan, like at least send me home with some class. And so, um, proud to say, not only did I never kiss Juan Pablo that I got sent home in a limo. <laughs> but I didn't um, know that. Hmm. yeah, but that night it was me and Chelsea who were like very clearly the two that were just kind of, you know, hanging around. And I mean, I thought for sure, like she was really young. I, you know, and I was like pretty confident that I was going to stay. And then of course production like latches onto that and then pushes you to be even more confident of like, Oh, she's so young. How could he want, her to be the stepmother to his child and going in on all of this. And so I was, I was pretty surprised. Um, and it, you know, what was I upset? Sure. Not upset over Juan Pablo. I was upset that I didn't get to go wherever we were going next. I was upset that like Charlene who had become very close with and you know, the other girls that I wasn't going to be able to be a part of whatever they were doing next. Um, and then the, you know, you know that you're getting sent home on national television and, you know that people are going to have to watch that. Um, so it was a humbling experience and they certainly make every effort to make it very emotional for you. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like they sat, they sat in the limo and one of the producers was like, so I'm, I'm going to sit here. We need to get some footage of you staring out the window and I'm going to hold your hand. And I just want to tell you everything that I know to be true and good about you. So you're already emotional. And they're holding your hand, making you be quiet, and saying all these really nice things about you. It's just like, yeah. That's interesting because I've heard the opposite in terms of to get people to cry, they will basically insult them. And it certainly has happened in the past before. And telling – now, that might be early on because people ask, how could somebody be crying after the first or second row simmer and you barely know this guy? What are you sad Mm -hmm. about? And I think – that's where it comes in. I I know specific examples, and it was definitely earlier in the season. So I guess later on, if you get eliminated, 
they don't need to go that route because there is a part of you that feels sad that the experience is over sad most of the time i think more so that you're leaving your girls and the people that you make, became mm-hmm. friends with and like you're leaving summer camp early and they get to stay like you're just overall it, sad. A, that's a perfect analogy yeah yeah um now everything they told you beforehand you know the courtship of you the roses telling you all this stuff is this something that was actively going on in your mind as the season was going on? Like, okay, it might not be going great for me or whatever, but they told me all this stuff. So, like, when you were eliminated in New Zealand, were you upset? Or did you ask producers? What the hell was that? I thought I was, thought I was going yeah, a little farther. Yeah, you know what? I didn't. And in hindsight, like, it would have been interesting to, to bridge that conversation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I certainly, like – you know, and, and you said it, that I was kind of like, you know, was I surprised to still be along? Like I was totally wallpaper. I was like the pretty girl who like wasn't drama enough to be like really the center of anything. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of almost like the Greek chorus. Like they would, I, I'd do the interviews and like talk about everyone else and what was going on and what the, the climate was. And, um, were you, were you asked a lot to start the group chat when yeah. people, okay, that was, that was also I would role. like, I would play along. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. We're all sitting here. Let's all talk. You're going to stick a camera in my face anyway. The only time I, I got upset with the film crew is my mom got hospitalized when we were in South Korea. And so my sister had called production and production's like, you need to call your sister. She has to talk to you. And I was like, okay, well, obviously my mom is sick. And obviously if my sister's calling me, something's happened. Mm-hmm. And they put me in a bedroom, put a camera in my face and have me call my sister. And that's when she tells me like, my mom's in the hospital. My mom didn't want me to know. And and that for me was like, and I was really, you know, I felt like I was very open in all of my communication in the show, but that was such a raw moment that I was like, just get out of here. Like, I need you to leave right now. I don't want to answer your questions. I don't want to talk about it. Like just leave. And that never got shown. So it's like they, they wanted to see if they could get a storyline out of it, but we never saw that. So that's Mm -hmm. news to us now. And at that time, were you thinking of like leaving or did your sister assure you, yes, she's in the hospital, but it's going to be temporary. This isn't life threatening or what, or what was it? What was the call? And were you considering leaving in South Korea? I, I did think I, you know, I did talk to my sister about it and she was the one who was like, listen, it's just cause she was, you know, starting chemo. And so that happens, but, um, she's like, it's okay. You don't need to come home. Um, I just wanted you to know, like, if anything changes, I'll let you know. And the the other thing that made me really upset is there was a delay in like, she called and her calling them and then telling me that she called, mm. you know? And it's like, I know you have your timelines, but like, there's other things at play here that are far bigger than the bachelor. Yeah. Which, kind of an emergency there. Might want to yeah. let me know right mm-hmm. away. Um, yeah. Well, that sucks. I'm sorry you had to go through that. But she's great. She's in remission now. And so, you know, all's well that ends well. But yeah. Um, yeah. So other than that, I was always the one that they would come to to start the group chats and do whatever because, you know. They could have been a little more empathetic us. in that situation, in that particular oh, for sure. Call. Yeah. So when you look at the overall experience of it, I know that you had a good time. You've obviously made friends from this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure those are going to be your answers, but I can tell you what I think your number one memory or moment from this season was. I'm going to tell you okay. what it is. Yeah, what do you think it is? When Jimmy Fallon made fun of you on <laughs> oh, on the Tonight down. Show, calling you cat, oh my gosh. making fun of your yes. name. Cat turd. Yeah. Cat turd. 
Oh my goodness. So, um, I, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And, um, I'm glad you said that. Cause like maybe it wouldn't have sparked when you asked that question, but I remember I didn't, I didn't see it real time. And I had people texting me and calling me and being like, are you okay? I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? And they were like, well, Jimmy Fallon just made fun of you on national television. And I was like, wait, he did. Why are you guys upset about this? Like Jimmy Fallon knows, like has said my name at one point. He's yeah. not, I guarantee you right now, he would not know who I am, but yeah, that was that was pretty epic. So I gotta um, thank my parents for that one. And I'm sure that you, what Jimmy did is not something you haven't heard probably a billion times before. Yeah, growing up mm-hmm. and whatnot, did people have liberties with your name like that? Yeah, that was more middle school. You know, I hadn't yeah. heard it in a really long time, and except for I have a very close girlfriend who had sent me um, a cat that poops jelly bellies. Um, <laughs> So I gave some serious thought to finding one of those and sending it to Fallon. Well, it's funny because you wonder if Jimmy actually does watch it or somebody just, you know, saw that and because they think he was just, yeah, and feeds him the content and like, hey, I can't remember what else he did that night, but it it was just, he was having fun at the the expense of the show and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But when, when you talk about your season overall, and obviously Juan Pablo ends up choosing Nikki, it's the only season in the last 21 or 22 that didn't end in an engagement. Yeah. We saw their relationship play out on couples therapy. They were a mess from the get go. He was a mess from the beginning. He never should have been the bachelor. And, you know, but you had some interesting characters from your season. I don't know characters, you know, Andy has gone on and done what she has done in written two New York times, bestselling books. And Mm -hmm. she's got number three that she's working on. Oh, she's doing a third one. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, people want to know, you know, you said you were friends with Charlene, who I did a podcast with for a year. Charlene and I have always remained friends. She's great. I love Charlene to death. Yeah. Phenomenal. And I guess my question would to you would be with Andy. Are you still in touch with Andy? Are you are you close with her? How How has it developed since the show? Or um, what's I'm not in touch with her at all. Okay. Um, you know, if I'm the last time I was in New York, I think I reached out to her maybe the last two times and didn't hear back from her. And so, um, you know, I mean, we were certainly friends prior to like Bachelorette filming and I would say even after, um, but obviously her life has gone in a different direction. And, you know, my mindset is, uh, you know, I still, I'm super proud of what she's done. I think she's converted it into like a strong brand and, you know, um, a good business for herself, but, um, I'm not going to keep reaching out if you don't respond. So, you know, the people I still talk to, um, Kelly on occasion, Christy, and then Charlene, those would be like the main three, but not a ton outside of that. Okay. And after your season ended, obviously paradise was a thing back then. I have to imagine Mm -hmm. you were approached about doing paradise you were never on it. The, mm-hmm. So we know that you didn't do it. So tell everybody exactly how talks for paradise went. What was your, and what was your ultimate reasoning for just deciding against it? Yeah. They asked me the first two seasons of paradise to come on. And, um, the first season I had kind of gotten myself a boyfriend and then the second season, um, you know, I, I still had someone who's kind of in the picture, but the, I mean, the talks for it, I mean, they're very, so much more flexible from a, a timing perspective. They're like, cause 
for me, I took five weeks off work. I'm still with the same company. I was like, you know what? I, I made it out of the bachelor airing, like without it harming my professional career at all and coming out looking pretty good. And so I was like, I don't know if lightning strikes twice. Like, and, and, you know, I didn't watch bachelor pad, but you know, from what I've heard, I was like, if it's anything like bachelor pad or anything just remotely close to that, it's not a brand that I want my brand associated with. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, could I do it for the Instagram followers? Sure. Um, is that the most important thing to me? Absolutely not. And so um, it was a pretty quick no. They were very short conversations. Both seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing that you've talked about in the past, I believe this is something that has been part of your past. And I don't know if it played a role in the, the paradise thing, but you've been open about an eating disorder in the past. And if you, if you feel we've had, we have a lot of listeners to this and a lot of impressionable women that, um, uh, listen to this and really take out of the podcast what they can from anybody that can Mm -hmm. share, can share a story. And I know that this is something that happened that you dealt with as a dancer growing up, but, once you were on the show, would you say the show kind of uh, magnified it in, in any way or made it worse just because you're now being seen by a lot more people? So you have to you feel like you have to live up to a certain standard. Yeah. You know, and um, thanks for bringing it up because I think it is, you know, you've got an awesome platform here to be able to share, you know, even more than just like the anecdotes and the fun side of The Bachelor is like the real side of the contestants and and the experience and and what that brings about. And, you know, for me, I think it was more, you know, like you said, I I did have um, problems with food, you know, pretty much since I would say middle school and, but never to the degree that I did post-bachelor. And so, you know, I, you know, if we're, we're getting into the nitty gritty, I would restrict food, but I was never like binging and purging. And that became part of my life post-bachelor. So like, true bulimia. And, um, you know, I, I think it comes from a point of control because you have no control when you're on the show. I mean, they control what your schedule is, what you're able to eat, when you're able to work out, you know, you had to schedule your workout time. And so it wasn't something that manifested during filming, but certainly getting sent home. I mean, leading into the show, having, you know, Fleiss call me in the roses and <clears throat> excuse me, and just the promises of what if you could do dancing with the stars or, you know, what if you were the next bachelorette and then to have kind of like the flat experience the night that I did my personality, I, I took it on myself and I was like, well, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Yeah. And so, um, it definitely manifested as like a full blown eating disorder that I, was something that I really had to deal with and evaluate. Like, you know, and I think a, a blessing in disguise as much as it can be, because it forces you to look at the experience for, what it is, which is just an experience and not something that's indicative of your self-worth or who you are as an individual, which especially now with social media and, and just the notoriety of the show, I think for a lot of women, it all rolls up into one and they identify their individuality with their personality on the show, Mm -hmm. which those are two very distinct things that should remain very distinct. Yeah, I appreciate you, you know, talking about it because it's not easy to talk about. Is it something that you still struggle with and you're it's something that you're fighting all the time or have you been able to move past it? 
you know, I'm very thankful that I can say that I've been able to move past it. I mean, certainly I think it's, it's something that always kind of sits with you a little bit, but, um, you know, I had a a really great counselor and a really great nutritionist that helped me get through it. And it certainly took a lot of work and, you know, it was something that I, I probably do wish that I had been more transparent in the moment about it. Um, because like you said, there's the platform that you do have as a contestant to be able to share more of a message. Um, but it, it, it can be pretty shameful. And because again, you know, if you're in the thick of it, you're looking at it as like, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening to me? Instead of like, this is a situation of circumstances and here's how I'm going to share my experience. But, you know, from a recovery standpoint to any women that are out there that are, are dealing with it, just know that like, you are not, um, you are not just the, the sum of, of your appearance or your personality or your interactions with other people that, you know, you truly, each individual has so much to offer and it's more, um, you know, if, if you're going through it, just, do the work and dig your heels in and know that there's light at the end of the tunnel because, you know, I'm definitely a testament to that and uh, it gets better. You said it got worse after the show. Was it because were people saying things to you? Were, were comments being made that you just, you took to heart that maybe you should have let slide off your back or was it more along the lines of it was just, you hadn't had that much attention before because you weren't a public, you you know, once you go on the show, you're basically a public figure now and people have mm-hmm. s- more people see you and can judge you and critique you than they should. I, I mean, you, after the show, you said it got, it, it got worse. What, what made it get worse after the show? Was it fans and, or was it just, you got in your own head about it? You know, I don't think it was fans, um, but fans and I would say especially even more in the last few years can be really you know cut really deep my first memory of like having and I think you you and I talked about this but um I had someone post some pretty derogatory stuff before I even left for the show right when I got like leaked as a contestant and that was the probably the deepest cut because it was someone who was talking about like me as an individual based on my physical appearance, which is not how I, you know, had typically viewed myself. And so, um, but I think truly like it, it was, if I'm being really honest and I'm sure none of like, um, NKZ or whatever their production team is called would like me to say this, but you know, I feel like I went into it and was I there for the wrong reasons? Sure. I mean, they can, you know, all the bachelor fans, I'm sorry. I was there for the experience. Um, I found out very quickly Juan Pablo was not the one for me, but you know, they did make it seem like I had potential to have more with the franchise, whether it was doing something with the stars or, um, whether it was being the next bachelorette. And so to have all of that fall flat, um, and then, you know, I, I kind of got like cut out of the season. It wasn't like I, I had a really prominent role. Um, I think there was just a lot of internal pressure I put on myself. Yeah. Well, again, thank you uh, for opening up about that. And anybody listening, I'm sure uh, it, that'll help somebody that's that's going through the same thing. It's in, you know, something like that is just it's not easy to talk about. Um, and, uh, you know, I applaud you for it. And I'm so glad to hear that things are, are better for you uh, that you, that you went through and it's getting better and it it is better. And it's been three or four years now. And, you know, obviously you've moved on. There's no easy transition, but let's kind of talk about everything post-show. 
One of the things you mentioned earlier in the podcast that uh, I wanted to get to was the fact that you have done a lot of charity work. Uh, your mother, like you said, uh, as a cancer survivor. And in 2015, I believe it was, you were named the Arizona Woman of the Year. You had raised over 100000 for blood cancer research. Tell everybody more uh, about that. I know you briefly mentioned it in the beginning, but I, I want to talk a little bit more about how that came to be. Was it, was it just started because your mother had gotten sick and you wanted to help and exactly what you did to raise this money? Yeah, you know, I I am grateful that I have um, some really amazing friends and a great support system who helped me execute on all of this. And I have a girlfriend in San Francisco who has done phenomenal work for blood cancer. She's raised close to a million dollars over the last seven years um, with events that she does. And so when I got home from the show and when I realized, because I wasn't a fan, I didn't realize like the amount of visibility and exposure that I had and really like the platform that came along with that. And because I'd seen my girlfriend have such success with, you know, she would host viewing parties that were benefiting charity and all of that. I thought like, well, everyone was coming in for night one to watch the first episode. I was like, what if we make it a big party? And what if we make it for charity? Because I don't need to make money off of this. I have a job. And let's do some good with this. So we did a viewing party for night one that was really successful. We raised five grand in one night. And then for the second episode viewing party, I actually flew to San Francisco and my girlfriend Brianna through this very elaborate viewing party with like Juan Pablo cupcakes and a step and repeat and the whole nine yards. And, and that you know, was the again, one that had your date. That was your one-on-one. That was, yeah, that's why we did the big one. Yep, yeah. Because it had my date. And, um, and so then what I started doing was each episode I did you know, I did some sort of viewing party. There was one where I um, went and watched it with the women Alpha Phi because I'm an Alpha Phi and I sold t-shirts and the proceeds from the t-shirts got donated. And so I did probably about $20,000 over the course of this season, just through little events like that. And it was really fun because it gave me an opportunity to engage with people that were really excited about The Bachelor. Because to me, I was like, it's old hat, but it's really fun to have the opportunity to to make someone smile and have someone get really excited and, and be able to impact their day. And then obviously be able to do good with all of it as a fundraiser. And then I got approached by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, and being that it was a cause that's near and dear to my heart and my girlfriend, Brianna in San Francisco, you know, props to her because she was the 2012 woman of the year in San Francisco. So decided to follow in her footsteps and into that 10 week fundraising campaign. And it was really awesome to see like Bachelor Nation engage in that, my own network engage in that, and just coming off of the exposure from the season airing uh, and being able to raise the money that we did. So I've continued with it. I'm on the board of trustees now for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And we're actually, I did a male pageant the first year that I ran for Women of the Year called Mr. Old Town. Mm. And we had 10 guys who competed in talent and swimwear and evening wear. And so we're bringing that back this year. So, uh, you know, hoping to raise another 50 grand with that. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations yeah. on that. That's, uh, I mean, to be named a woman of the year for anything, I mean, that's, you obviously did a lot of good. And like you said, you're over, you're close to 170 now total that you've raised over 170,000 for blood cancer research. Uh, that's, I mean, that's awesome. It's very commendable. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Through all that, I don't know if that's how you met your boyfriend, but um, you, uh, well, explain it. Because obviously you have a boyfriend now and you've had I a boyfriend do. for a while. Uh, he, it's funny because <clears throat> I saw on social media 
that you had a boyfriend. And when I saw him and then I saw his name, I was like, that guy played ball at Stanford. Like he did. <laughs> I remember. Like, I was like, God, that name sounds familiar. And I had to look it up. I mean, I, I, I knew. And then I was like, I knew he played college basketball because he's a very large individual. And yes. uh, mm-hmm. so your boyfriend, uh, tell everybody, first off, how you met him and just everything that you want people to know about uh, and how long you guys have been dating, what's been going on. Yeah. The floor is yours. So- uh, well, thank you. Um, like you said, he's very large. He's very tall. He's 6'10". Um, and he did play basketball at Stanford, but we met far after that life and his um, life of playing professionally in Europe was over. And we actually, we met on Bumble. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, yeah, props to um, women-led organizations. I love Whitney Wolfherd. Um, really respect her and what she's done. If, if they're ever looking to hire a salesperson, uh, hit me up. Whitney, if you're listening to this, but, um, yeah, so we met on Bumble when Bumble first launched in Phoenix and he was the first Bumble date I went on and I went on two that week. And what's, what's even funnier about this is I have an acquaintance in Phoenix who, so Matt and I met, um, but just over three years ago now. So our first date was in August of um, 2015. And that January, I had a girl that I know reach out to me at like 2 a.m., send me this really long text message saying, hey, you know, my boyfriend has a friend that just moved back to Phoenix from playing basketball in Europe. And, you know, I really think you guys would hit it off and I'd love to introduce you. And um, I hope she's not listening to this because she's really sweet, but I, I don't really... Uh, respect her taste in men. I didn't really, (laughs) wasn't a huge fan of her boyfriend. And so I didn't respond to her message. And so then fast forward eight months and Matt and I match on Bumble. And then of course I have to do the requisite Facebook stalking before um, we go on our first date. And I realized that this girl is a mutual friend of ours. Her boyfriend is a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is who she tried to fix me up with in January. Mm. Um, so I owe her an apology because she was right. We do get along very well. We have been together for three years now. Um, and he's awesome. I mean, he's just such a sweet and kind and caring individual. And he's a phenomenal cook, which is awesome. Wow. And um, he is just takes the best care of me. He's got an awesome family. I mean, I really like I hit the jackpot. You know, it took a while and I kissed a lot of frogs and I never kissed the Juan Pablo frog. So yeah. I guess I have that to that feather in my cap. But yeah, we moved in together in May and um, it's been good. 610. Does that present problems? Like, is that that's a that's a big height. How tall are you? I'm 5'7". Okay. So I kind of look like his child. He's almost, um, yeah, he's almost a foot and a half taller <laughs> than you. And well... Nah, with absolutely. heels, yeah. you know, with heels, I can get like close to like five ten, five eleven. Um, you know, uh, he, the poor guy is going to have back problems because to hug me if I'm just like barefoot, he's like bending over in half. Um, you know, and so there's things I think for him like it, it's wild. People, it's amazing, and you know, I went through it on a different scale with with the Bachelor airing, where people will be like taking pictures of your restaurants or like, you know, being really obvious about like staring at you, but he gets it all day, every day for his entire life. Um, Mm. you know, and people assume just because he's really tall that he has to still be an athlete and, you know, he works in sales now and, um, has, you know, worked in basketball and, and done that whole, um, you know, that whole process, but it's, it's definitely a, a challenge for him. Not really for me. Okay. 
So you're like, well, you might be getting a calf workout, like getting up on your tippy toes. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a neck problem. Yeah. I'm always having to look up at him. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, yeah. I remember him. I remember him at Stanford. Uh, and then when I saw, I was like, Oh, she's dating the guy from I used to play ball at Stanford. And, yeah. then, and I didn't realize he, and then when I looked him up, he had gone and played overseas for a few years. Like you said, where did he play in, in Europe? Yeah, so Matt played, um, you're right, you know, he played for Stanford and then went to the Rockets for a little bit and then he went overseas and he was in Amsterdam and Belgium and, gosh, Germany, Italy, and the Philippines. And I think I probably missed one in there, but he definitely got to do a lot of traveling that I'm very jealous of. I keep trying to get him uh, to go back over there so we can go live overseas for a little bit. (laughs) So you really do want to live overseas? I do. And I don't know why, just for a little bit. I don't want to be an expat forever, but just experience another culture and um, be able to travel a little bit more freely. I think when you're living over in Europe, especially it's so easy to get places. Yeah. Well, I've never been, so I wouldn't know, but (laughs) it sounds like obviously he's made his trek around Europe and it was before he met you. So you you got to, you actually missed out on all this when he was doing it. I did. Yeah. I was busy chasing Juan Pablo. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> winning yeah i was gonna say my gosh uh, yeah i wonder what one pop i thought i read a story that he got married he did and i wouldn't know because i have no like we never spoke on bubble and i but somehow i offended him in some way and he's i'm blocked on twitter um i don't follow him but i did see some news story that said um he was married which is interesting yeah yeah, and really shocked that he didn't. He never ended up marrying Nikki. That's a real. <laughs> real I thought shock. they were a real winning couple. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's let's wrap this up. Let's get to the final ten. These are um, ten personal random questions uh, to ask you, and you know, answer accordingly. And I, the first one, is a question that I've started to ask a lot of the women because. We do have a lot of women listeners who like to know about some of the products and stuff that women use from the show. So question number one is, what are your top three can't do without daily makeup products? Oh, I'm going to skip makeup and go to skincare because I okay. have tried to get away from makeup, which is not something you do in bachelor land, but yeah. um so if I'm going like blush, I do a cheek stain from Tata Harper, who has an amazing skincare line. It's all natural. She grows the products on her farm in Vermont. Um, if you haven't checked it out, and Steve, I would say even for you, um, it, it's awesome, awesome stuff. Um, on top of that, hyaluronic acid is an awesome moisturizer. So check that out, ladies. And then I will say I can't live without mascara. And my go-to right now is... Um, Perfect, which actually is funny enough. It's an all-natural makeup line. The reason I found it is they gave us a goodie bag the morning after the first night filming. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was part of your goodie bag, and you've just stuck with it ever since? I've just stuck with it. I love it. Yeah. Interesting. Perfect with a K, not a C. Oh, okay. What, yeah. was, the, what was the first one you said? Um, Tata Harper. So she is Brazilian and she's like a chemical engineer and decided to make an all natural skincare line. And so it's all these skincare products, which I love and use. And then she has, um, instead of makeup, they do like a little cheek 
tint and like tinted lip balm. Gotcha. Okay, so, that, that'll definitely be helpful for the women because I know that skincare is obviously a big thing. Makeup. That's yeah, if you, I mean, I, I will say, ladies, if you like invest in your skin, you don't have to invest in your makeup because everyone's always like, oh my gosh, your makeup looks so great. It's not my makeup. I haven't changed my makeup. I wear less of it. It's my skin. Very good. Yeah. All right, question number two. Did you attend your senior prom? And did you have I, fun and do you remember it? Was it Was it good? I did, and I was mortified because someone else was wearing the exact same dress. And so not like me and Cassandra wearing the same designer. It was the exact same dress. Somebody that um, was in your party, like, that you took pictures with or just somebody there? No, just someone there. But okay. we only had, like, about 200 people in our senior class, so it was a small prom. Uh and, but we of course had fun. We had a blast. So if I had to do it again, I would definitely go and, um, I might change the dress cause it's totally out of style now. <laughs> was it, uh, a guy that you, was it your boyfriend at the time, like a high school sweetheart that you were with for a while, or was it somebody you just went with because someone asked you? Um, it was someone that I just went with. Um, and it was actually, Wait, let me make sure I'm not mixing up my ears. So senior prom was this guy that I had known since preschool and who actually, I think it was like his fourth birthday party, um, wrote me a thank you note and told his mom he wanted to propose to me. So it was my first marriage proposal, actually, that took me to my senior prom. Mm. Wow. Yeah. At four years old, huh? <laughs> my first and only, just <laughs> to be clear. We haven't quite made it to number two. <laughs> does, does, does Matt know about your uh, four-year-old proposal? Like when he asked you, when he asked you, hopefully someday, uh, for your hand in marriage, will he realize he's number two? Um, you know, I think probably listening to this, he'll find out. But I don't <laughs> think that's <laughs> something you knew before. All right. Question number three. What was the favorite place you visited on the show? So I guess we take LA out of it, and basically you've got Utah, South Korea, Vietnam, or New Zealand. What was your favorite place to go? Well, I go to Utah a lot for work now, and I definitely like didn't get a a real taste of it when I was on the show. But I would have to say, oh man, I loved all. We we had some awesome travel, and that was for sure a highlight. Vietnam, I love Southeast Asia. Um, I went to Thailand the year after the show and just also fell in love with it. So definitely Vietnam. It was really neat. And I kind of glossed over Vietnam when we were talking about it because, well, no, we talked about the date where you guys went paddling yeah, the, and stuff like that. Yeah, those little rice bowls. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is that was the most dramatic I was ever at a rose ceremony, and they didn't even air any of it. I got in a fight. I forget who I was arguing with. Maybe like Andy. Um, or someone and then Claire and I got into it in the bathroom because she was telling me that the perfume I was wearing Juan Pablo didn't like and it told her he didn't like and I was like I mean it was just we were all tired and everyone needed to go to bed <laughs> I was gonna uh, say what a what a what a petty I argument so dumb. <laughs> I, and I just like I think someone was talking shit and I finally was like I've been the nice person long enough like cut it out um yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so everyone reaches their tipping point every once in a while. All right, question number four. Growing up, did you want to be a Laker girl or a Cowboys cheerleader? Oh, my gosh. Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And, like, I'll be fully honest, I was, like, inches away from auditioning for the DCC right after The Bachelor. Like, like after, after you got after home? It, after I got home, well, it would have been even after the show aired and, and like, I was so close and part of me still wishes I would have done it. Um, 
But yeah, DCC for sure. So you never ended up doing it. I didn't. I what? chickened out. Oh really? So it was just yeah. It was just it was you. Just like yeah, I didn't. I like I couldn't take the plunge. And I even thought like, okay, like they'll at least like know because they do the TV show. And I was like, that yeah. maybe will give me a leg up because you know, like I'm you know just coming off of The Bachelor being aired, but. I didn't do it. And instead, I'm selling medical devices, which <laughs> I love. And, you know, I get to travel and do other fun stuff. So, All right. Question number five. What was the last movie or TV show you cried at? Oh, the last TV show that I cried at? Or movie. Or movie. Um, I really can't remember. The last one I really remember crying at was um, Inside Out. <laughs> Have you seen that one? It's an animated like children's movie, but it's really sad. It's about like the was that the like, emoji? Well, not the emoji yeah, movie, but it's like the one that's like the um, the little characters that are like in the girl's brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like so sad, like really touching movie. I'm sure I've seen one more recently that I cried at, but that one sticks out. It's funny because I take my niece and nephew to the movies all the time, and I see a lot of the kids' movies for whatever reason. I think and they might have seen that one without me. Uh-huh. They, might, they might have still been living in California, and they just went and saw it without me because I wasn't in town. But uh, that one, I, yeah, I never saw that one with them. But yeah, I heard it, I heard it was one. good. Yeah, I heard it was Check good. Check it out. Yeah. Question number six. Best Valentine's Day gift you've ever given or received? Ooh. Um, Matt takes a cake on this one, and it's like no contest. So our first no second valentine's day he built me a photo booth and like went to the hardware store bought you know plastic like pvc piping went to join fabric bought the backdrop decorated it and um i came over and he cooked me dinner and he told me he's like make sure you get dressed up and wear makeup and i'll be honest i totally thought he was going to propose because why else would i have to get dressed up and wear makeup if we're not leaving the house (laughs) but it was a really awesome photo booth and we got a selfie stick and we took just a crap ton of pictures that night oh so it looks like you were in a booth yeah, I see. Like okay, a, I like, like a photo, like backdrop. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Well, that's yeah. certainly creative. I, yeah, I don't know if any guys can top that. A box of chocolates and hey, here's some flour. Like that on top. Like making a photo booth for somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty lucky. He gets he gets real creative. All right. Question number seven: If you could have been on any other season of The Bachelor, which one would it have been? I guess. I mean, when you look at it now, it's like. Anyone but Juan Pablo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, any? Yeah. All of the above? Yeah. Um, I think Sean Lowe's because I actually, I really respect him and I, I think he is a good, solid guy. Yeah. And I also really love the girls on that season. Um, like Leslie, I love what she's done with her travel blog and, um, you know, it's really fun to follow her. So I think I would have enjoyed getting to know those girls and I think I might I would be way more likely to have a connection with him than I ever was with Juan Pablo. Yeah, no well, no doubt about that. Question number eight. Now, this has ten questions in it, but they're all short, uh, basically one or the other. So, all right, here we go. Um, question uh, – well, that, well, that's like question number one. It's Here we go. Ten questions. Morning or night? Morning. Summer or Winter. Summer, I'm in Arizona. I know. You don't even have a winter. <laughs> What's winter? Uh, yeah. 
Facial hair or no on your man? Oh, uh, I have to say yes. Matt has facial hair. I didn't love it before, though. Oh, okay. So you've come around on it. I have. Uh, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Ooh, Ryan Reynolds. Dry shampoo, yay or nay? Uh, hell yes. There's <laughs> not even a yay. <laughs> okay. Peanut M&Ms are plain. Peanut. Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, or Chris Evans? Hemsworth. I got to take Chris Evans out of that selection really? because nobody has said him yet. <laughs> Only because uh, I've asked it to so many people. I feel so bad for the guy. I think most people, most of the women that I that I have asked that to, it's either been Pratt or Hemsworth. I don't even know if anybody has said Chris Pine yet. I think it's either really? been Pratt or Hemsworth. So maybe I should just narrow I, I only use four because I saw it on a Facebook uh you know, feed one time uh, yeah. about those mm-hmm. four Chris's because they're like popular actors going right now and they all have the first name of Chris. So I went with it, but nobody's picking Chris Pine or Chris Evans. Aww. Poor guys. Poor guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Vacation, U.S. or international? Well, I think I know the answer to that one. Yeah. International. <laughs> all right. And then beach or pool? Beach. Okay. Which we don't have in Arizona. Yeah. So got to fly to it. Yeah. Uh, question number nine. Give me your top three bucket list things right now. Ooh. Um, backpack Europe. Anywhere in particular? Mm-hmm. Definitely Spain. So my Spanish trip in high school got canceled because of 9-11. Mm. And I never have made it. So Spain for sure. Um, and so, yeah, Europe. And I want to do like no less than three months all over um learn spanish again every time i go to a spanish-speaking country i get really good at it and then i gotta start from square one again yeah and um oh number three get certified to teach yoga oh okay yeah i teach bar classes still i taught it like before the show um and i still have done it and kept it up but i want to get my yoga certification and my like retirement plan is to open a studio gotcha well, that would be. I mean, that's something that can easily be attainable, right? How how long does it take to get a Yoda for Yoda yoga certification? Um, so yoga certification is like two hundred classroom hours. The first one. So there's a program I was looking at that's like Mondays and Fridays from six to nine, and then Sundays from like ten to six for like twelve weeks. I think. So it it's pretty intense. Okay, so that yeah, that takes a while. But like I said, you've You've got experience in that gym stuff, like you said. What did you do? Bar, yeah. class, bar classes you did? Yeah, bar, Pilates. I taught Pilates in grad school as a grad assistant. And my background is sports medicine, so it's like in my wheelhouse. Yeah. All right, question number 10 is called Explain Your Tweet, where I actually go through your Twitter account and I find oh. a tweet. However, you haven't tweeted since 2017. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't even know the last time. Like, I get notifications from Twitter that's like, we're we, – um, suspect that your password is being used by someone else and i'm like yeah definitely because i don't even know if i have an app on my phone right now oh man and i'm sure i tweeted some dumb stuff when the bachelor was airing it was Um, i mean it wasn't a lot it was just a lot of a lot of your tweets that i found were promoting you know stuff that you were doing there weren't many like you didn't use twitter as to voice opinions on a lot of things 
Yeah. At least that I at least that I saw. Because once I saw it was 2017, I was like, all right, I'm not going to go back too far. And then yeah. So basically, I didn't really find anything. So we're just going to switch up the question. All right. Uh, fair all right. enough. So the question would be, and I, and I had this written out already before. So I'm going to go with it, but I think I might know the answer based on something you just recently said. So the question is, what is your biggest regret? Oh, definitely not auditioning for DCC. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say, like, once I once I heard you say that, I was like, oh, okay, that's going to end up being yeah, her answer to question like, 10. Why didn't I do it? Like, what was I going to lose? You know, and I think that I certainly I mean what I would have lost is I never would have finished first in my company, like being the top salesperson, which was really awesome experience and you know a big accomplishment so definitely the professional has outweighed that but um it would have been a really fun bucket list thing too i'm a little on the old side now well how old would you have been when you if you if you did try out at that time how old were you at the time uh 30 okay which is still on the older side like i was saying i was 11 years older than one of the girls um, that was the one thing about the Suns that like gave me pause when I like first made the team is we were filling out our new hire paperwork and the 18 year old was sitting next to me and she looks at me and goes, what number month is September? <laughs> yeah. And I just was like, I don't think I belong here. Use your fingers. I mean, my gosh, what do you mean what number month is September? Uh, I know. I was like, Oh God. Praise maybe, the Lord. Yeah, Maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing that you didn't, end up doing the yeah. signs and went on the bachelor. Cause those people probably would have ended up being your friends and they might've made you dumber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been real interesting. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that would have been like your crew that you ran with. And yeah, yeah. you don't need that. But anyway, uh, congratulations. You completed the final 10 and in this Woo-hoo. podcast is, uh, is over. So I want to, I want to oh, thank you again so for <laughs> I know, only an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Kat, for coming on. Um, I, I know the fans are going to love this because they love it when I have on contestants from older seasons because you get it's it's a different show now. We all know it, and you know Instagram and social media has played a huge role in how things have changed on this show. And I love hearing, and myself, I love hearing from contestants that were on before the Instagram craze because mm-hmm. it's just a. It's different. I mean, the show is essentially the same thing. It's the same thing every season, just with different cast members. But now there's so much more that goes into it. And there's so much more social media feedback that you can get for being on the show. And, you know, not all of it is good. In fact, most of it isn't good. I mean, the comments that people get now is is ridiculous. And, you know, so it's good to hear from somebody that didn't have to deal with trolls and you know haters uh, online there might have been a few back then because like i said your season was kind of around the beginning of when it all started because i've had yeah we were the initial the initial instagram phase who from your season have i I, on your from your season i've had on claire charlene kelly and i think that might be it i think the only Hmm. one those are the only ones from your season. andy would she would never do it i don't know people have asked me like would you yeah. have Andy on? I go. I would have Andy on, but she would never do it. There's no. There's no way. I, I know that. I know the way. I, okay, I don't know. I've heard the way she thinks now. I think she's. I think she mm-hmm. thinks she's above the franchise, which is fine. If that's if she wants to move on from the franchise, that's fine. But yeah, I don't. And Andy wouldn't do it. But I'm trying to think of. I think yeah. You're so you're the fourth from your season. I think there's a chance I might be able to get someone else on from your season and 
future weeks. But yeah, it was always yeah. it's always good hearing uh, from contestants that were on before the show kind of changed with the social media aspect of it. So yeah, before the the digital engine that is uh, Instagram. So. Yeah. Well, you need to turn on your Twitter. Uh, or, I will. Okay. Or at if least I, check yeah, it. I'm gonna once. add that to my bucket list number four <laughs> well turn <laughs> it on, on because again. you know when when this when this podcast goes up people will comment and you'll be able to see their comments oh I'll yeah i'll your, definitely have to do that yeah yeah i'll include your twitter handle which is just at cat herd uh it is and, yeah um, clean and simple and so thank you again for coming on and thanks again for for opening up about uh what we talked about earlier with you know your past eating disorder and um, glad to hear that things have gotten better for you and i'm sure it'll help anybody who's listening who might be going through the same thing that just doesn't have the voice to speak up and is embarrassed or whatever Uh, i mean that's it takes a lot to come out and say that so thank you oh thank you i appreciate it and it's been fun catching up for sure yeah no doubt and uh we will be in touch thank you so much for coming on and uh we'll talk again soon thank you all right take care bye-bye bye Thank you very much to Kat for that. That was fun going down memory lane, uh, Juan Pablo contestant. Like I said, we've had Claire and Kelly and Charlene on, but neither of those three have been on, I think, within the last year. So it was good to hear about more about Juan Pablo's season. And that Kat story about Mike Fleiss sending her flowers before, trying to convince her and telling her, oh, there could be Dancing with the Stars in your future and like, what a bunch of crap. Like and you may it makes you wonder, like, how many are they doing this to? I'm curious if any if this has happened to other I mean, I gotta imagine it's happened to others. It's been over it's been twenty two seasons of bachelor contestants with twenty five to thirty girls each season. So you do the math to show you how many girls have been on the show. I, I can't imagine Kat's been the only one they've really pushed hard for, but good to hear from her. Uh and I, I again I thank her for, for opening up about Uh, her eating disorder that she dealt with uh, as a kid and even through after the show where she said it it got bad. Um, You know, you feel bad for someone like that, but it sounds like she's doing a lot better. So good on her, and I'm I'm happy to hear that. I hope you all uh, enjoyed hearing that from Kat. This podcast is brought to you by Pier 1. They want to help you celebrate your unique style with amazing savings. Home is the one place on earth that's all your own. Pier 1 wants you to fill it with items that say, this is me. If you're anything like me, you've always wanted to update your home and give it a new look without breaking the bank, I like to do that to my home every once in a while. I like to fill it with stuff, even though it's not completely decorated, but I do my best for a guy. It's exactly what you can do with Pier 1 Picks, where you can get everyday favorites at great prices like two for $20 three-wick candles, buy one, get one 50% off pillows, and more. Weave together one-of-a-kind finds from Pier 1 Picks and turn those four walls into a little slice of you. Check out the new Pier 1 by visiting pier1.com. That's P-I-E-R, the number one, dot com, for exclusive offers, or visit your local Pier 1 for even more great savings. Again, thank you to Kat. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It certainly helps the podcast. If you want to unsubscribe and then resubscribe, you could always do that. Don't forget Nell Coulter's Floribama Shore recaps are up every Tuesday, and her Are You the One recaps, Season 7, are now up every Thursday. So you get those. I usually post that right before I post the podcast. And the He Said, She Said podcast, which is going really well. I hope you all listened to the most recent one, episode four, which came out last Tuesday. It's a fascinating story by Sarah in Washington. I still, Ashley and I still text and 
talk about it to this day, just the unluckiness of, of that happening. And uh, we'll, we'll have an update in a future episode of, of Sarah and how things are going with that. But if you want to be a part of the He Said, She Said podcast, our next one's coming out Tuesday, September 4th. Give us, a, uh, give us an email. Hit us up on DM or email myself or Ashley. Make sure you have a Skype account. Let us know what time zone you're in and let us know the best times for you to record. And we'll coordinate it with Ashley and get that recorded uh, to be on a future episode. But thank you once again all for listening. I appreciate it. We're approaching 100 podcasts. I don't know who guess 100 is going to be. I don't think it's – I'm not like hyping up episode 100 as being like, oh, it's going to be this big name. It could end up being a big name. It could end up just being – Someone from the franchise could end up being somebody else. Like, it's tough when you when you book these podcasts because you just want to get them recorded. And like I said, I like doing my recording on Monday or Tuesday for it to go up Thursday. I don't like recording two or three weeks in advance and then posting it because something could happen and then you can't even address it. So I like to do it as close to the day it's released. However, with that, you fear for cancellations and something coming up and they can't make it. And then you have, you're scrambling to find somebody at the last minute. So it's worked out so far. I think we only had one time where we really had an issue, but uh, it's worked out so far. And I don't, I don't know who number one is. I think I know who the next two or three weeks are, which brings us to number 96 or 97. Uh, Pretty set on the next three weeks, all bachelor people. Uh, Let me look at the schedule here real quick. Let me look at it on my phone. Sorry I'm doing this on the phone. I should probably should have thought of this beforehand. Next week is looks like a bachelor contestant. After that, another one. After that, possibly another one. So we could have another three weeks of Bachelor Bachelorette contestants. So keep that in mind as we move forward. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. You've made the podcast what it is today, and we're going to keep doing these as long as we can. So for Cat Hurt, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in again. Talk to you next week. See ya.